Hi, it's Dune here, your host and hype girl. And before we dive into today's episode, I want you to take a hot second to reflect. What's that passion, unique experience, or knowledge you have itching to be shared with the world? For me, it's always been about guiding you and cheerleading incredible women to start your businesses. So what's your thing? You see, everyone's got something they excel at, something they just can't stop talking about. And it turns out that one of the best ways to monetize those passions is through sharing that thing with the world as a digital course product. My life's work has been to chat with more than 600, 7, 8, and 9-figure e-commerce founders. And it's through those conversations that have led me to creating a foolproof playbook and my go-to guide for early-stage founders in the form of my first-ever digital program, e-commerce fundamentals. But it wouldn't have been possible without Thinkific. The beauty of this platform lies in its simplicity. Cute templates and a super easy to use editor. No coding headaches, no tech-induced stress, just pure focus on what matters most, the content. So if you've ever been curious about building a course to teach your passion, this is the way to do it. The genuine support from the Thinkific team turns it from this lonely, confusing headache into the most fulfilling and easy project. Go to the link in my show notes to get a free trial on me. Hey, it's Dune here. This is just a quick message to let you know that for the next two weeks, we're bringing you a roundup of our favorite episodes that you might have missed the first time round. Episodes from women like Leslie Carls, the founder of Midday Squares, Ju Ru, the founder of Hero Cosmetics, and Michelle Grant, the founder of Lively. I hope you enjoy these episodes as much as I did recording them. And if you learn something, please do shout about it by posting it to your Instagram stories. This is Jess for Female Startup Club. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the show. It's Dune here, your host and hype girl. Today on the show, we're learning from the co-founder of London-based jewelry brand, Kimai. Kimai is a modern fine jewelry brand that delivers true traceability by using lab-grown diamonds and recycled 18-karat gold. By using lab-grown diamonds, which are physically and chemically identical to those that are mined and recycled gold, they cut out all mines and middlemen and control the whole jewelry process from design to delivery. They operate on a mission to prove that diamond mines are not forever and that the biggest luxury is knowing where your jewelry comes from and safe in the knowledge that it doesn't harm people or the planet. In this episode, we chat through the serendipitous moment that generated $150,000 worth of sales her approach to fundraising, and how they built a new brand in the midst of a pandemic. And by the way, if you want to come to our London launch party for the book, remember to email me so we can pop you on the list at hello at femalestartupclub.com. Let's get into it. This is Jess for Female Startup Club. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. 
Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yes, hi, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to have you on here today. Same, really excited to talk about anything and everything. Do you want to start by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about what the business actually is? Of course. So, hey everyone, I'm Jess. Uh, I grew up in Belgium, in Antwerp, uh, and moved to London. I've been living in London for the past 10 years. So for those of you who don't know, basically Antwerp is the diamond center of the world. So we basically grew up around diamonds and jewelry our entire life. And over the years, moving to London and kind of like getting out of our comfort zone, we started to become more and more conscious of our impact, more conscious of our purchasing decisions. And that's how we started asking questions about the origins of our purchases, where we're seeing all kinds of industry evolving in terms of transparency, in terms of supply chain, and looking at the diamond and fine jewelry industry, which was an industry that was really important to us personally growing up. Uh, we couldn't find any simple answers to our question. It was impossible to know where the diamonds we were buying were coming from. And that's basically how we launched Kimai. So I'm the co-founder of Kimai, which is a lab diamond and recycled gold fine jewelry brand. And, and so, yeah, so basically it started looking into that issue, started talking to different people really to understand how can we solve it? How can we make that industry, not only from a transparency perspective, but also from a marketing and the way we talk to our customer, uh, more approachable to us as a younger generation. And that's basically the idea behind the brand and how we decided to use only lab grown diamonds in all the pieces we make. 
And I don't know. Do you want me to t- say, tell you everything straight away, or <laughs> I, I will I will guide you. I will ask you some things. I want to dig in a little bit first about more. You know, this time in your life where you were starting to explore the idea of having a lab grown diamond company because you started a few years ago, and I feel like even now it's only just kind of becoming. I don't know if mainstream is the right word, but like. I certainly didn't really know about lab-grown diamonds. And obviously you come from the jewelry industry. I think your dad was in the industry and your co-founder's father was also in the industry. But what kind of got you thinking about lab-grown diamonds and how did you become exposed to that specifically? Or did you know about it from a really long time ago? So there were two issues in the industry that we just felt that it wasn't talking to us anymore as younger customer. Firstly, like jewelry has always been important to us because it's something so sentimental. It's something you can carry over from one generation to another. It's something you buy yourself or get from someone to celebrate a special moment in time or that reminds you of a special person. So we wanted to figure out how do we make that industry that hasn't seen any changes over the years, uh, that has known many controversies from blood diamond to child labor, How do we make it relevant again? And so we started talking to different diamond traders, started looking deeper into that issue and even asking diamond traders about the origins of the stones they were selling, about anything about the supply chain, the working environment. It was really impossible to get any transparency at all. Uh, So we wanted to find an alternative that doesn't trade off on quality and Labgrand Diamond at the time, so first time we heard about those diamonds was about four years ago. And at the time, it was really the first time we heard about it. Even looking up online, there was very, very little information available. And that's why even today we talk to many people that haven't heard about those diamonds yet. But there's definitely been a huge awareness uh, since then. But at that time, when we decided to use those Labgrand Diamonds, basically to give people a context of what those diamonds are, Uh, Today, thanks to technology, we're able to replicate the mining environment in the lab and we're able to grow diamonds in the exact same way as they would under earth, but without the social environmental impact of mining. When I say exactly the same way, it means that those diamonds are chemically and physically identical, that a diamond trader can differentiate one from the other and no one can really see the difference besides with a very specific a machine that has been developed over the years, and it's not even 100%. So when we first heard about those diamonds, we really saw this as our best solution to bring not only the transparency we were looking for, but also the modern and innovation side uh, that the industry was missing. And so we knew that it was a challenge because, as I said, like the, there wasn't many articles available online. The diamond industry has a lot of money and can pressure uh, any new technology uh, through marketing, etc., like marketing fees, marketing, uh, yeah, publishing uh, companies, etc. Uh, but we found it as the best way to to make, yeah, to modernize that industry. And so it came with as well a lot of education. So when we launched, most people could see those diamonds as fake diamonds. What what does it mean, lab grown? Um, so it definitely a learning curve for customers. And we're not here to tell them, okay, you should only buy Labgrand Diamond. We're here to give them the information and educate them on the topic. And we've definitely seen a huge, um, the industry has definitely shifted in the past three years. So when we started, we launched with fine jewelry. 
thinking, okay, it's going to be easier to educate customers with pieces that are below $1,000, not even thinking of engagement rings because engagement rings are more traditional purchase. It's going to take longer for customers to accept that change and make that switch for such an important purchase in their life. But with education, with customers becoming more and more conscious, people are really looking for an alternative. And the more information you've got on the topic, the more you understand that that is the best alternative today and that you're getting the exact same results. So we launched Engagement Ring a year ago, uh, and we're definitely seeing that trend continue to grow. That's so amazing. Just a side note question. How long does it take a lab-grown diamond to form? So it takes between 6 to 12 weeks, uh, and it will depend on uh, on the size of the stone uh, that you're trying to grow, etc. Wow. And when you're looking at, like, the machine, can you see it growing? Yeah, you can see it. Like, it's, there's a very tiny hole in order for you to see it grow. But I can send you a video afterwards. That is so cool. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, please send me a video. I would love to see it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. 
Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So obviously, jewelry industry, you need a lot of capital. That's no secret there. What kind of money did you need to invest to get started and launch the brand? So so when we started, to be honest, we had zero understanding of what it means fundraising. And also we had zero confidence in going up to investors and asking for money just based on an idea and on top of it, we didn't know any invest- investors at the time. So for us, when we came up with the idea, we wanted to test uh, the product market fit before going for any big uh, investment. So we were lucky enough that because we come from that industry, we didn't have to commit to any inventory in advance. And we could really produce one piece of each design. We started with a small collection of 20 pieces. We could pay the suppliers much later and were able to launch with a very simple website without any strong branding, without any strong uh, launch day, really testing it out with friends and family and figuring out ways to get the word out there. And then basically at that point, our only strength, because we didn't have money to invest in marketing and honestly, our branding side of things was very basic. We took the simplest like Shopify website. We're like, okay, so what do we do now? (laughs) And so at that time, like our strength was really like, Emails. Emails are free. Get in touch with people and figure out ways to get the word out there. There was also another tricky part is that compared to like other D2C brands where their price point is usually average order value at $100, you can kind of like, let's say, take the risk of gifting a few people and hope for the best because at that point you won't be able to pay any influencer to wear your pieces. But for us, because our average order value is more in the 600, 700, and today it's getting even higher, it was even gifting someone was like a big kind of risk. A hundred percent. And I, I, I always think this about high price point products, like how you approach influencer marketing and gifting, because it's such a big piece of the puzzle for regular D2C brands. Definitely. And that's definitely something we're still working on. Like we haven't done much gifting just because of that and also today like it's so crowded in the industry in general like if you look at one influencer like you'll see one product after the other and you kind of like disappears in that messaging and it doesn't feel as authentic and for us what is important is we want people that align with our brand to wear our pieces and we want as well like on top of just showing that the designs are nice which we're trying to work on Uh, It's about telling a story. It's about educating customers on what they're buying. Um, So getting back to my point, basically, when we started, we launched a brand in November 2018. And so we started sending cold emails to people and trying to figure out who would be the best ambassador to like who like entrepreneurs, uh, influencers, but like really aiming high. So basically we looked at Meghan Markle as the perfect kind of match for our brand because at the time, like she was wearing a lot of young brand, a lot of female founded uh, companies. And she kind of like was also changing a whole kind of like more traditional way of 
doing like in the royalty family, etc. So she was the dream. But of course, like when you dream of Meghan Markle, you think it's never going to happen. But what we've done is like looking into her close network, trying to figure out how can we get in touch with her and how can we sell her our story. Um, and basically through, send, through a few cold emails, uh, we got her to wear our pieces two months after our launch. So No way. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> what? Wait, I need more information here. Like, what do you mean cold emails? Like, what did you send and who were you sending them to? Like a business account or just like her friends or like, what do you mean? Honestly, I am a strong believer in cold emails. Like I cold email everyone, even like investors, but we'll get to it later. But like whenever we started raising funds, we didn't know anyone. So like just like looking online, figuring out what are their emails, guessing them or finding them. And with Meghan Markle, uh, it was really about looking into her, who are her close friends that aren't as mediatized than she is. And then going on their Facebook, going on their LinkedIn, like figuring out what's their email. So it was more of a personal email and really super, super straightforward, super simple, uh, just telling them about who we are, what's our story, why we're doing what we're doing. And that I would love for Megan to wear our pieces. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And so she wears your pieces. What happens? Like what's the impact of doing something like that? So basically she, we get an email. We think it's, uh, of course it's spam. Like it's not real. Like it can't <laughs> happen. Like it's not possible. So like for two hours, we're looking into that email. Is it true? Is it not? Uh, and basically she can't accept gifts. So like they bought the pieces. Um, and that was like in December. And so they said, okay, she's probably going to wear it anytime soon, but then you never know, right? Like you don't know what happens with those pieces. And then every day we're like, checking the the news every day being like, is there a new outfit posted? Exactly. (laughs) Where is Megan? Where is Megan? We're obsessed. (laughs) And then in January, I I think it was mid-Jan. She came, she did her first official outing with her baby bump um, and she wore the pieces. And basically the pieces she wore were like a very unique design. And usually she's more traditional in the designs she wears. And it was also an event that was really mediatized uh, because of the fact that like first time she comes out with her baby bump, first time in the new year that she does an, an official royal outing. Um, and so press really, really picked it up. And on top of it, first time that royalty is seen wearing Labgrun diamonds. And back then, two years, two years ago, three years ago, most people were still like questioning that industry. What's going to happen? Is it the future? Is it not? Like what, what's happening on that, on that, in like in that space? You know, when something like that happens, all these pictures come out. How do they know it's your brand? Have you already told the media, or do you have to backtrack and be like, that's our brand and like piggyback off those photos? To be honest, like, I think they must have someone in house that kind of communicate with press because we didn't have to do anything. And also the press that came out, were focusing on Labgrun Diamond, right? Meghan Markle, where's Labgrun Diamond? So it's, that is so cool. Yeah. Oh my God. It's really something that people picked up. So we were super lucky, <laughs> which made us, yeah, which made us like sell worldwide super quickly without any investment at first but it's really true like hustling and like getting things done so so that enabled us to kind of like get money in organically 
Right. And because you made everything and you still make everything to order. So you had no inventory costs. You started with a small amount of money, kind of like super bootstrapped it. You have this crazy moment, a lot of orders flood in, and this opens the window to more people. Exactly. No, definitely. So we started with $5,000 each into the business. Um, and that's it. And so today, of course, we, ha- we don't make everything to order just because in order to scale up and in order to ship faster, like our pieces that are performing best, we have some inventory on hand, limited compared to like any other bread because we don't want to have, like we don't want to find ourselves with waste at the end of uh, the year. But, um, but yeah, at that time, like we basically when we, 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 we sold the earrings to Meghan Markle. We're like, okay, let's produce five earrings just in case she wears them. <laughs> but we were so out of, like, we were so far off. How many kind of of that particular earring did it sell? Like in the kind of immediate aftermath? In like two, three weeks, we've done $150,000 without any marketing. No. Okay. So it's super impactful. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so what happens next? You get this money in. You're obviously losing your minds with excitement because this is, of course, one of those moments that, yes, you have to plan and be strategic and be doing all the things, but also you actually can't plan for this and for that outcome. It's 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 a bit of luck. Yeah, impossible to plan. And definitely the, the month after that happened, like we had to fulfill those orders, right? And we didn't have any inventory. And of course, we didn't have a team. Like we were, as my co-founder was still in a full-time job. Like we were making the packages ourselves at night, like and dealing with customer service and where's my package. And so it was a very intense <laughs> month. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, from there, we we kind of like took advantage of that situation to go and fundraise because we're talking to different people. People were telling us it's the right time to fundraise. You've proven your concept. Now in order to like scale up, you'll need cash and take advantage of what you've been able to do now because you never know what happens afterwards. Okay. So what, what's that story? How does that happen? So basically, that's when we fundraised $1.2 million. And that happened, again, as I said before, like we didn't know anyone in the industry, the entrepreneurs or investors or any of those, because we were just like starting up. Uh, but that was as well, like cold emails, starting reaching out to people that have some kind, something in common with us. So like female founders were the easiest because they understand the product. They've gone through what we've gone through. And you connect much easier, like at first. So we started like looking up like female entrepreneurs that are investors that, uh, yeah, that do some angel investing and starting, started uh, reaching out to them, getting on calls. And that's how we got like our first money in through like angels. And then actually when they are in, they introduce you to other people and other people and other people. So in that early time, just before, just to interrupt you again, because I have so many questions as we go. No, go for it. In that time where you're kind of, it's your first time fundraising, you're doing kind of angels. What's the kind of ask? Like how big are the checks that you ask for? Is there a kind of like minimum that you are asking or were you just kind of open for whatever? At that time, we didn't have the confidence again of like saying a minimum, but we were super confident on the fact that like we didn't want to get just any money in we wanted to make sure that like we 
it was a personal fit because we kind of thought of the fact like it's scary to get investment in because you feel like, you know, like when you get a job and start earning money, you feel like you're getting rid of your parents on that side of things. And then when you get investment in, you feel like you're getting new parents. So you want to make sure that like, you know them well, and you want to make sure that, of course, you want to get their advice, but you don't want to be pressured too much either because you want to be able to build your business in a way that makes sense rather than from a kind of shareholder's perspective. So we were super strict on like who we're getting in and wanted to make, yeah, to be sure they're the right people. But we didn't put like a minimum in, like a minimum amount in order to join because some people we got in are like amazing entrepreneurs and uh, that have an amazing network, amazing expertise. And for us, it was important to get those people in rather than how much money they were going to invest. So it really depended on the people. Uh, but we got like half of the round was like angels. And then we got a fund uh, investing as well. So it was half, half. Oh my gosh, that's so interesting. Okay. And so you get the funding, 1.2 million, I think you said in USD. What are the milestones kind of, or what's the, what happens from then to now? So when we got the money, it was just a few months before COVID. Um, and basically for us, what was the most important part was, as I said, we launched a very simple website, no branding at all. Like compared to how we look at brands today, whenever they launch, they've got like a super strong launch day with amazing PR. Their branding has been worked on for months. Like for us, it was like really scrappy. So first thing we wanted to do is like invest in branding. (laughs) So we worked a lot on our branding. Uh, and kind of like weren't doing any marketing at the time because we really wanted to be organic on that side of things until we get our brand to the right place. And then when COVID hit, we kind of found ourselves in a situation where we've got a lot of money on the bank because like we just fundraised. The world is basically falling apart. We're selling a luxury product. We don't feel comfortable pushing that kind of product in the first few months of the pandemic. So we kind of like, and we don't have a team yet, right? So you don't have any, like, it's kind of like the best situation to be in, but at the same time, as young entrepreneurs, like we don't didn't want to risk spending money without understanding like what's happening in the world. So we kind of like brought all of our costs down to zero and really focused on being close to our customers, understanding what they were looking for uh, in the brand, in their product, etc. And it's really at that time that we started working on the engagement ring category that we thought would come much later down the line. But actually, there's been more and more demand around it. We were educating customers around Labyrinth Diamond, and this kind of accelerated on that side of things. And then when COVID kind of like went a bit, I, I wouldn't say disappeared because st- it still hasn't. But when COVID kind of slowed down, uh, we started really investing in marketing. And we're really, because we're young entrepreneurs, like it's our first company like we're testing things out it's really about like testing and learning like digital marketing how does it work like we spend money without having any return but then until you find your strategy and yes we're lucky that we've got money that we're able to do those kind of things uh but i think it's part of the game to really take those risks and figure out what's the best way to get again the word out there and to get your product in the right hands what have you found in that time that does work well? I think for us, what we see is that definitely we focus a lot on our customer service. So 
what we've seen is that jewelry is a very loyal purchase as soon as like you trust your jeweler and also because we offer that bespoke and customization side of things people come back for more so for us it's about being a personal brand rather than just seeing a big logo it's really about like talking to our customers directly if someone has any question they can reach out uh, we can get on calls with them we really offer that very high-end and luxurious uh, service that you'll only find usually at like fine jewelry brands if you're like a VIP client. So we really, really focus on customer service as a whole. But then I think it's a mix of things like definitely digital marketing works, but you don't want to rely on it too much because you don't want the day that you turn the engine off and you, th that sales start, stop coming in. You want loyal customer, you want customer that buy into the brand and the mission rather than just like a nice picture. Um, but we've, we're still trying things out, but definitely digital has been useful, being on social, being direct with our customers, being transparent, doing Zoom calls when needed. And as I said before, like influencers or like gifting strategy, we haven't done a wide one, but for us, it's really about getting the right people to wear the pieces. So we don't give many people, but the people we do give, they're people that have a voice, but they're people that don't have millions of followers, but they might be like entrepreneurs, like with thousands, 5,000 followers, but they can really represent the brand and talk about the brand and personally love the product. So it's more like people reaching out rather than us going and looking for them. Yeah. And I can also imagine, you know, we've seen the kind of capsule collections created in collaboration with influencers. So I imagine when it's that higher price point, those are the kinds of initiatives that, you know, come into fruition. Yeah. So we haven't launched any collabs yet, but it's definitely something we're working on this year. So uh, we're launching one soon in March, hopefully, and definitely like other discussions that are ongoing and we'll see how that goes. But it's, yeah, it's definitely interesting. And also for us, like, from a creative side of things to get a different mind in and to get other people's perspective and do something a bit different than our usual designs. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, we're excited for collabs. What we've done in the past as well, we've done pop, like not pop-ups or whatever, you, like however you want to call them, but basically we've done like pop-up at Reformation in New York and London uh, we're talking to other brands to do some more this year in London and New York as well. So where we go in, we're just in for like a day or two. We do piercing so people can come and discover the brand. And because we're only online and we sell like quite high average order value online only, people love coming, meeting us, touching the pieces, trying them on. Oh my God, that is so cool. We should do a pop-up at my book launch party. We should Please. do piercings. Let's Can do we it. do that? I would yeah. love to do that. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so cool. You know what's funny as well is like when you're talking about the digital marketing side of things, for anyone listening, that's how actually I discovered your brand and I had seen an ad. It was a unique piece that I'd never seen before. I bookmarked it. And then when we got introduced and I looked at the brand, I was like, oh my God, I know this brand. I love this brand. They're in my saved folder. And like, it's those little moments where you see something and it's so true. It's like, it takes you multiple times to kind of buy something or actually take note of what that is. It's like, you see a little something, you save it, you hear about it in the news and you're like, oh yeah, like that comes into your brain, but it doesn't like 
cement until a few times and i i love that love that for us definitely. <laughs> so cool no and it's and it's definitely like digital uh, marketing builds awareness then it's not the only touch point because again it's expensive and and we want people to be thoughtful about their purchase we're not pushing people to buy the entire collection we're more into like thoughtful purchases so it allows yeah it allows you to reach a, a wide crowd but then there's work to be done afterwards Yes, absolutely. To keep them, keep them in your loop and, and reach them in different ways. I love exactly. it. Exactly. What do you think is your key piece of advice for entrepreneurs in 2022? I think it's super cliche, but it's true. You know, like it's really about like, I feel like one thing is that a lot of people before launching a brand or a company, they kind of like try to balance out the pros and cons too often. And I think for us, when we started, we were young and super naive and never really kind of questioned what it meant to be an entrepreneur or what it, like, what are the pros, what are the cons? Of course, you need to understand your market, but sometimes you just need to go for it. Because I think like if maybe today, if if we wanted to launch a brand, we wouldn't have launched it bootstrap. We wouldn't have launched it uh, without a branding. We wouldn't be as crappy in reaching out to like Meghan Markle, which we would think is like impossible to get. So I felt sometimes like don't think too much and just try it out. And I felt like you see all those companies fundraising a lot of money and you think that that's the way to go. But there's a lot that can be done with very little money, at least in the beginning. Definitely to scale up, you need more cash. But you can test out the markets and you can, yeah, and just try it out and then see what happens. 100% so true. It's all about just like tiny steps of action, action towards your goal, just trying, testing, iterating, trying again, asking again. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's all about learning. Like every day we learn and every day we test. Uh, but And definitely, of course, you need to be careful, but just go for it. 100%. June here. Thanks for listening to this amazing episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. If you're a fan of the show and want even more of the good stuff, I'd recommend checking out femalestartupclub.com where you can subscribe to our free newsletter. We send it out weekly covering female founder business news, insights and learnings in D2C, and interesting business resources. And if you're a founder building an e-commerce brand, you can join our private network of entrepreneurs called Hype Club at femalestartupclub.com forward slash hype club. We have guests from the show joining us for intimate Ask Me Anythings, expert workshops, and a group of totally amazing like-minded women building the future of D2C brands. As always, please do subscribe, rate and review the show, and post your favorite episodes to Instagram stories. I am beyond grateful when you do that. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's June here. Thanks for listening to this amazing episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. If you're a fan of the show and want even more of the good stuff, I'd recommend checking out femalestartupclub.com where you can subscribe to our free newsletter. We send it out weekly covering female founder business news, insights and learnings in D2C, and interesting business resources. And if you're a founder building an e-commerce brand, you can join our private network of entrepreneurs called Hype Club at femalestartupclub.com forward slash Hype Club. We have guests from the show joining us for intimate Ask Me Anythings, expert workshops, and a group of totally amazing, like-minded women building the future of D2C brands. As always, please do subscribe, rate and review the show and post your favorite episodes to Instagram stories. I am beyond grateful when you do that.